Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. We hope today's message encourages, inspires, and empowers you to follow after Jesus like never before. Before we get into today's teaching, I want to invite you to join us live at one of our services at any of our three campuses in West Virginia, or join us as we stream live online. For more information or to save your seat at one of our services, visit our website, iheartchurch.online. Now let's check out today's message. Well, I am excited to be able to share with you today um, as, as we continue in the series, a bodybuilder series that Pastor Brandon started a couple weeks ago. And no, that's not my arm either. Just so we're, in case any of you are wondering, I know Pastor Brandon talked about maybe it was his arm. It's, it's not my arm either. Um, I won't give away whose arm it is, but uh, it, it's not mine. I mean, I mean, you can tell, right? Like, it's, it's that's, that's not my arm. I will say that he's probably wearing a medium shirt, though, whoever's arm that is. Just, just, just kidding. Just, just kidding. But I, I, I am excited about today's message, specifically today's message, because I think it's going to give us an opportunity to, to look at what it means to be the body of Christ. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Brandon talked about the difference between being the family of God and being the body of Christ. And, and, and there, we are certainly the family of God. Right, that we are—we're certainly the family of God. Scripture teaches us that we, when we become followers of Christ, we are in the family of God. However, y'all just don't treat family very well all the time either, right? Like, let's be honest: that people leave family, people are okay being divorced, people are okay never ever talking to their family again. I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and they've not talked to somebody in their family over a Facebook post. Because right, somebody made a post on Facebook, they, they're, 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 they've not talked to their family in months. So, so, so people are quick to leave a family. It's like just split from the family. But it's a little harder to just split from your body. Now, I got this hip. Every once in a while, I get up, and I have to walk like this. And I look really old, and I am old. But, man, there's this hip that just continues to bother me. I can't just leave it behind. Right? I, I just can't... <laughs> I'll get up today without this thing. That's not the way that the body works, and that's not the way that we're designed as the body of Christ to work either. And Pastor Brennan talked about that a little bit. And one of the things he even talked about was anti-nuclear antibodies, right? That there's a, there's a time when, when, when our body fights against itself, and we, we don't want to get into that. We don't want to be fighting against ourselves in the body of Christ. In fact, the way that, that, that people know that we're Christian, the way that people can tell who we are is how we love each other, right? The, the way that we're one. In fact, in John chapter 17, Jesus says that, that he prays. He prays that we will be one as he and, and the Father are one. That's what his prayer is for, for me and for you and for everybody in this room and everybody in Summersville and everybody that's, that's, that considers I Heart Church their home, that, that we are one. That's his prayer. That's, that's the prayer of Jesus for us, that we would be one. And so I want to take a look in Ephesians chapter 4, and, and, and it's going to teach us a little bit, just a little bit, about what the body should look like and how we can get there and how we can follow the directive and direction of Jesus. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says this, Therefore, I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. And I want to stop. Most of the time, as a pastor, I would tell you, if you see the word therefore, you need to go and see what it's 
therefore, right? That, that if you see the word therefore in Scripture, you need to find out what it's there for. That's a simple way to think about as you read through Scripture. If your daily reading calls for Ephesians 4, 1, and you see that word therefore, go ahead and read the previous chapters. Now, I'm not going to praise God, just start in Ephesians 1, 1 and start reading and catch up to 4, 1, okay? So I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But the first three chapters of, of Ephesians really gives us an idea of what, what Paul thinks about God and what, what God has, Jesus has done for us and who we are as followers of Christ, as, as sons and daughters of Christ. He, he, he talks about how amazing it is that we can come together. So, like, as I look throughout this room, we have different ages, right? We have uh, different uh, genders. We have male and female in this room, right? So, it's not just men in the room. Um, We have have different races. We have different uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. We have all kinds of people that have come together. And he, he, he talks about the idea of... Jews and Gentiles. And he says, hey, look, the, the Jews had this, this mystery of God, and they, they had it, and now it's been shared with the Gentiles. And so because of Jesus, all of us can have new life in him. That is, it's, it's in fact, in, in, in chapter 2, he says, it's by grace that you've been saved. It's a gift of God. It's not something that you could do lest you would boast. And by the way, if you could save yourself, you would absolutely boast. Right? That if you could save yourself, and, and, and we know that, because that's the idea of the Pharisee, right? That the Pharisee boasts about how good they are. And, and so we know that if you could do it, you would do it. And so he says that this is something, Paul says, this is, isn't something that you can do for yourself. This is, this is something that only God can do. And he said, in fact, there was this there is this trouble between Jews and Gentiles, and that trouble has been wiped out by what Jesus has done on the cross. Amen. And so he's excited and trying to teach people because of this, because of all the wonderful blessings. And when you become a part of the family of God, you, you are, you are uh, availing yourself to all of God's blessings. When you become a follower of Jesus, then you have access to all the blessings that God has for you, all of them. In any, any one of us. And so he, he, he wants to make sure that you understand that. And so then in, in, in verse 1, whenever he's talking about this, where he says, therefore, because of all that truth that I just shared, and there's so much more, please go read the first three chapters. Don't make me read them to you. Okay? That he says, therefore, because of this, I, I Paul, a prisoner serving the Lord, I beg you. I beg you. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And so Paul does a couple of things here. He, he identifies himself. He identifies his role, that he's a servant of the Lord, right? That he's, he's serving God. And, and, and then he says, look, I, I'm begging you. This is his assignment. I, I'm, I'm supposed to be telling you, I'm so, supposed to be telling you about uh, what you should be doing, and I'm begging you to do this. I'm begging you to live a life worthy of your calling. This is his assignment. He's begging you, please, please, please live a life worthy, worthy of what Jesus has done for us. 
Could you, would you please live a life worthy of the calling that Jesus has placed on your life? And so he identifies his role. He identifies his, his assignment, right? He's a servant of God. My assignment is to, is to let you know. But in that is also your assignment, our assignment, that we're to live a life worthy of the calling. That, that when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior because of who he is and what he's done, our assignment then is to live for him. Every day, every day of our life, we're to live for him. It's not, it's not the rest of our life to live for our own desires. It's, it's for us to live for him. And so he repeats this. And some of you guys may remember a, 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 a series that Pastor Brandon talked about uh, a couple months ago. It's called On, On Repeat. Not On Repeat, as in Bad Pete, but On, O-N, Repeat. And this is something that's, that Paul repeats in verse 11. Look at this. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. So he talks, uh, it, it, between verse 1 and verse 11, he talks about who Jesus is a little bit. And he says that Jesus ascends because Jesus ascends. That means that he must have descended, that he must have lived here, he must have walked this earth and and, and because of what he's done, that we have this one faith, this one baptism, this one God, right? Because of who he is. And he says, he's going to give you some gifts. And the gifts are these. These are the gifts that he gave the church. Now, I want to make sure that you understand these gifts are not people, but they're used by people. Okay? Because the, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So I'm a pastor. Okay, but, but that's because I'm filling the role that God has given me, right? So if I go away or if I'm defunct in what God has called me to do, then it doesn't mean that you lose a pastor because God will continue to pour out that gift here. You just lose me, right? Because I'm, I'm just filling this, this, is, this is the role that God has given me. Okay, so these, these, are, these are gifts that God has given the church. It says this, that their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Right, so, so, so as the person filling this gift, my role is to help build you up for the work that God has called you to, right? So if you're supposed to live a manner worthy of the calling that God has called you to, then my job is to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can as a pastor to build you up in a way that allows you to do that, right? So he's, he's <laughs> some of you may not like this. Guess what he's gifted you with? Me. You get me, right? <laughs> until, I become, until I become defunct in what I'm supposed to be doing or God calls me somewhere else, right? So he's gifted you with a pastor. He's gifted you with an apostle. And Pastor Brandon certainly would fall into that apostle 
role. That's who, that's who God has called him to be. And so we can, we can see this played out. And then in, in verse 13, it says this, this will continue, and this is part of your assignment, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of, of Christ. Right? That this, we have, we have a standard we, we talked about the standard of Christ the last week. Jesus died on a cross for us, that, that he's the standard for us, that, that he's uh, lifted up. In fact, he says that if you'll lift up me, then I'll draw all men and women unto to, to him, right, that he'll draw. So, so our, our job is to, is to lift a standard, to raise a standard. That's, that's what we're called to do. So Paul identifies the same thing. He's going through the same thing. Here's the roles. He talked about his role. Now he says, here's the roles in the church and talks about the, the five-fold ministry of the church, apostles, prophets, um, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right, that, that, that these, are, these are gifts that I'm giving the church. And then he says, this is their responsibility. Their responsibility is to help you carry out what I've, I've purposed you to do. And then he says this, there's a larger assignment for you. There's this, there's this, the reason why that he gives us these gifts is because there's a bigger assignment before us. It's a huge assignment. And so that might be why he says, I beg you, because he can see fully the assignment that God has called all of us to. Right, that, that God has called all of us to this incredible work. And Paul can see it. And so he says, I beg you. I beseech you. I plead with you to live in a manner worthy of the calling of God. Look at Ephesians 4.1. Let's go back to that because I, I just think it's really important. A prisoner for serving the Lord. That's who he is. He's, that's his role. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. He says, look, you've been, you, you have an assignment, and I beg you to live a life worthy of the assignment that God has given you, that he's, he's called you to, to this incredibly great work. And so often that we, we get caught up in just the day-to-day Right? So, like, if I were to ask you today, hey, how many of you are planning this week to carry out God's call for you and the redemptive work of the kingdom in the community? How many would raise your hand? Some. But most of us would go, I don't understand what he even just said. <laughs> what, what is he talking about? That's why we're talking today. Right? So that you can understand it. Right, that, that God has given you an assignment, and I want you to know your assignment. And so I'm begging you, just for a few minutes, just, just let me share some truth with you. Can I just share, as your, as your pastor, I'm the pastor of, of, of this campus. I'm the Mount Hope campus pastor, and as a pastor here, please, please hear what God has for us. Because I think if you get it, there is nothing on heaven and earth that can stop us from doing everything that God has called us to. That should have got a bigger amen. <laughs> Seriously. Like, we, we should be jacked up about the reality that God is calling us to a, a work that is bigger than us, that's grander than us, 
and that impacts our whole community. And we believe our whole state and our whole nation because that's what God has spoken over us here in this place. So if we're going to lead a, a life worthy, then how do you do that? You're not going to do it by accident, right? It's not, it's not going to come by random chance. It's not going to come on a hope and a prayer, although those things will help, right? Having hope and a prayer will help. But that's not the only way that it's going to happen. You're going to have to figure out how to do some things. And the only way that you're going to be able to do this is through him. You cannot, do, you cannot do the work that he's called you to in your own strength. That's why Paul tells the Galatians this in 2.20. He said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. He said, I've got to die to myself. If I want to do what God has called me to do, I have to die to myself. By the way, because he knows who he is, right? I know who I am. I know if I'm left to my own uh, vices, I know that I'm going to choose wrong a lot, a lot, and I don't, I don't want to choose just what I want to do all the time. I want to make sure that I'm choosing to do what God has called me to. And because of that, I've got to be crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Because of what he's done for me, I choose to deny myself and walk out what he's called me to. That's the, that's, the, that's the goal for me is to wake up every day and say, I have to die to myself. And scripture tells us that we're supposed to take up our cross daily and follow him. That's what, that's what we're called to do as individuals and what we're supposed to be doing as a church. It's no longer I, no longer I. It's Christ who lives within me. So I have a question. When people see you, do they see Christ within you? When people see you, when they encounter you, do they, do they see the Christ within you? Now, there's this, um, there's this uh, quote that, that a lot of people are, get really excited about. It says, uh, preach the gospel every day, and if necessary, use words. Y'all have heard that? Now, often, that's used as an excuse not to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? Like, I'd, I'm living my life, I'm really good at it, right? And so, so I don't have to tell people about Jesus. Why would you not want to tell people about Jesus? The one who saved you from your sin? The one, the one who radically transformed, you don't want to tell, right? Just, just imagine, and we've, we've talked about this before, but just imagine that you had, you had somebody that gave you the cure for the cancer that's in your body. Would you like, I can't tell anybody about the cure that I had. I'm just going to be really quiet about it. No, but also, also, we should be living in a manner that looks like Christ, right? If we're dying to ourselves, we should look like Jesus, right? We, we, should, we should begin to resemble Jesus. Every, like, I hope that people that know me now and people that knew me in uh, let's say 2,000, would say, wow, he looks a lot more like Jesus today than he did when I talked to him back then. I, that's, my, that's my hope. That's my desire. That's what I want to do. I want to look more like Jesus today than I ever have. And so the way that you do this is uh, found in, in verse 2 and 3 of chapter 4. It says, always be humble and gentle. Always. 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 
always. I think you have to, you can't, you can't, you can't do that like this, always, right? That's not, it doesn't have the same effect. You have, you have to do that with a little basic, always, always be humble and gentle. Always be humble and gentle. That, that means I have to be thinking about others more than I think of myself. I have to, I have to consider others more than I consider myself. I, I have to, I have to elevate others over myself. I have to lower myself. I have to humble myself and be gentle. Harsh word is a harsh word, right? Sometimes we just need to recognize that somebody doesn't need a smack in the face. Somebody, sometimes they need somebody to ask them, how are you doing? What are you going through? How are you, how are you getting through this difficult season of your life? What's going on in your, in your world? It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Even, this is really hard, even on the interstate or at a stoplight or at Walmart or when your order isn't correct at a restaurant or, right? Like, there are, there are waiters and waitresses that are going to work today, and you know what they're doing? Dreading it. Because we, as the body of Christ, haven't grabbed hold of this. We're not patient. Making allowance for each other's faults because, because we love people. There is no one on earth that should love people more than we do. We, if, if God is love and God lives in us, this is the same, right? It's, it's, the, it's the spirit of God that lives in us. Then shouldn't, if God's fully love, then shouldn't love flow through us the first the first fruit of the fruit of the spirit is love right so the first thing that bears should bear forth in your life as fruit showing that you're a follower of Christ that you're connected to the father should be love because of your love make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit binding yourselves together with peace it's powerful Look at verse, verse 4. It says there's one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to the glorious hope for the future. So we should be living a life of love. I'm not talking about 60s stuff, right? I'm talking about that I, I, we should be looking out for each other. We should be looking out for each other. Now, I will tell you, I can't know if all, like, like last weekend through the multiple campuses, uh, we had like 1,800 people that attended our services. We, I can't call all of you and see if you were here. You, you all understand that? So we, we, we have to make sure that we're checking on each other, not just waiting for, for, for me or Pastor Brandon, Pastor Melody, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor uh, Jeremy, Pastor Chris, Pastor Addy. Like, we can't just wait like, we've got to make sure that we're connected, right? My legs would be missing my hip immediately, right? And so they, they, would, they would know. And we should fight to be unified, right? If we're going to fight, because you see social media, Christians are ready to fight all kinds of stuff. Duke's up. 
we should be fighting to be unified. Not clones of each other, unified. Pastor Josiah, our relationship is more important than any disagreement we might have. Just, just more important. This, I, I want us to be unified. We're marching together towards Jesus, right? Like that's, and, and he has things that can help build me up, and hopefully I have some things in me that will help build him up. Iron sharpening iron. And, and so, so we want to make sure that we're doing this. Listen, and this is your responsibility. This is your assignment. The way that people will tell if we're Christian is how we love each other. And so we got to make sure that we're at peace with one another, that we're unified together. This is our assignment. We can't always be fighting each other. That's what the lost world expects us to do now. They, they can't tell the difference between this denomination and this denomination. They just know that we all don't like each other. That's what the world thinks. Shouldn't the world think, I don't know whether they got denominations or not. Those people love each other. They take care of each other. That's what it should look like. That's our assignment. Why is that so important? Why is it so important? Because this is huge, right? Like it, having this is, is huge if we're going to be followers of Christ, if we're going to do it, what God has called us to. Ephesians 4.14 says this, then you'll no longer Im- be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. 15 says, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. 16 says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So, so we have to be united. We have to be together. We have to love each other, make, make, uh, make way for people to, to fail and, and get on our nerves and all that. Like, we have to make room. Why? Because otherwise, what's going to happen? If, if we don't fight for that peace, if we don't fight for that unity, then somebody's going to come along, and they're going to tell them some stuff that sounds good, and it's going to lead them away from the body. And they're going to be tossed. Listen, if you don't think what the world's message is sounds good, it's just found wanting, right? Like it sounds good. Love is love. No, God is love, right? It sounds, it sounds good. God is love. The only one is, I love y'all. But the only way that I can love y'all is because Jesus is in me. Okay? It's, it's not because I'm so good at loving. God is good at loving. And I die to myself and allow God to love you through me. Okay? So, so, so let's, let's make sure that we understand what we're fighting for and why we're doing the things that, that we're doing. God has fit us together perfectly. That's what it says, that they put his body together perfectly. We're perfectly fit together. If you're here and you call this your home in the body, then you have a role to fill. And God has specifically called you to something. Specifically. So you think, if if you've been here longer than a month and this is your place and you're not finding your role, then come find me. 
Because there are places for you to be involved where the body can move forward, marching forward to do what God has called us to. So why does God want the body healthy? Why do you think God wants the body healthy? Well, because healthy bodies move better. Right? That's fair enough. Right? Healthy things grow. And he wants both of those things. He wants us to grow and he wants us to move better. He wants us to, to have more fluidity in the things that we're doing. And God has a plan and purpose for the body. He has a plan. Did you know that? He has a plan and a, and a purpose for the body. And it's found in Ephesians 3. In Ephesians 3, 6, it says this, and this is God's plan. Isn't it nice that he told us? Right? Like, we don't have to figure it out. Like, he just, because I don't think they're going to get it. We just got to tell them. This is the plan. So he's, and this is God's plan. Listen, both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. And all God's people said, amen. Right? That, that for us, if we believe in him, if we believe that he is who he says he is, and we've, we've invited him to be our Lord and our Savior, then all of us, it doesn't matter who you are or who you've been, you have equal access to the blessings that God has provided through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Every bit of it, every ounce of it. So you, think, you may think, well, I'm not as good as so-and-so. It doesn't matter. Are you saved? Are you a child of God? Jews and Gentiles share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Equally. We all have access to those things. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the, the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Ephesians 3, 10, and 11 says this, God's purpose. So he told us that he had a plan and he's telling us the purpose. Amen. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord, our Lord. And so, listen, God had a plan. God had a purpose for the church. God had a plan and God had a purpose. God's plan was that everyone who believes in him can be a part, part of the body and receive his blessings. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are part of the body of Christ. You're part. You have a role to fill. You have an assignment by God. Just the same way I talked about my assignment and I have an assignment that I have to carry out. There's an assignment here that God desires for you to carry out. Every one of you, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, he's calling you to something. And listen, you know it deep down. You know it. There's something that's pulling you. There's something that's calling you. And you're afraid to step out because you've never done whatever for Christ. But if you'll just trust him, if you'll just believe that this is true, that he has a, he has a plan to use you as a, as a part of the body of Christ, then you can march forward with whatever he calls you to. Trust me, my first grade teacher would tell you that I, I, I had lots of problems talking when I was a kid. That I would say things like, let's open to presents, right? I couldn't talk very plain when I was in first grade. Who would have thought that I would be standing here preaching to you? 
But that's the role that God has for me. And he has a role for you. And you have to know that, that because you are part of the body. Listen, this. And then his purpose is that when, when those people, when we, the body of Christ, when we come together, we raise a standard. Right, that, that we suddenly look like, not individually, although we want to strive to be like this individually, but when we come together as the body of Christ in our communities, it's like that we're raising this huge standard for all to see, that they can suddenly see Jesus in all his fullness because of who we are together, not just because of who we are as individuals, but because we're, 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 we're longing to live for him and through him that he raises us to a new level. That in our communities, when we do this, that he raises this standard and tells all of the rulers and authorities in unseen places, all right, all the demonic forces that might come against our community, this standard raises up against it and says, not here, not today. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that kind of work. I, I don't want to just come in here and sit in here on Sunday morning and then go live my life throughout the rest of the week. I want to come in here and get my battle plans for the week so we might come together and have this standard raised that says that church, that church, that group of people, they look more like Jesus than any place that I've ever seen. That that's our role. That's our assignment. That we might be the body of Christ. And he's called you to it. Listen, from the foundation of the earth, he's called you to it. He's called you to it. He's, I promise, he's not called you to fill a seat once a week. He's not. He's called you and me to fill our roles to take our communities for Christ. And if we, we do that enough, the state. And if we do that enough, this country. You say, oh, Pastor, I think, I think that's hyperbole. I think you're just, no, the gospel has continued forth for 2,000 years. And scripture says that the gates of hell will not prevail against what we're doing. And so we can walk forward knowing who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and share. For more content, to connect with us, or if you'd like to support this ministry by giving, visit our website, iHeartChurch.com. We love you and have a great day.